Happy New Year, Happy Season, and all the above. My name is Unqua Sonia, and I'm back in my bag again. So, from here on out, this is going to take a bit of a different format from what it's usually been in the past. Last year, when I started this little experiment slash show that was a mesh of pretty much everything that's been a part of my life, it was me mostly doing the talking and then having guests occasionally. I'm not going to lie, that really didn't get as much fun as the weeks went on. And the truth is, I wanted to be a lot less of a vocal chamber and do more of what I said I wanted to do in the first place. I wanted to meet up with other creatives, have conversations about with them about some of the things that I'm passionate about and a lot of the things that they're passionate about so that you can get to know them while you get to know me and we can all take a chance to be on this journey together. It's a long-winded way of saying that you're going to get two episodes a month every other week, but they're going to be loads of fun with loads of special guests, including the man sitting to my right right now. Now, I'm New York-based, so when I found out that he was on the road as he travels with Disney on ice, he said he was going to be in New York. Usually when people say that, they mean Manhattan. He said, dude, I'm in Uniondale. I'm like, oh, that's Long Island. This is achievable. And then the conversation extended into, so you want to be on the new episode of the podcast? He's like, are you serious? I'm like, are you serious? And then after the fake stalemate, we both said yes. And here we are, ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Xavier Whittington, my guest on the new season of In My Bag. Thank you for joining us, sir. Dude, it's an incredible honor to be up here. Like, really. Ah, Seriously. Don't gas me, dog. This is like top five ever in my life of things that I could have ever possibly done. See, and (laughs) the funny thing about it is we met via Facebook Mm -hmm. via various conduits. Mm -hmm. They don't need to be privy to that, do they? Uh, I mean, yeah, nah. Nah, they don't need to be privy to that. But we we met there and I saw that he had radio experience. Oh, word. So it jumped jumped into a friendly conversation and then as time went on, as we both went through our respective processes there was a lot of mutual respect a lot of scoping out for different projects and he's got one that he'll talk about later on in the show he also happens to be a sports fan and like i said with the prior radio experience you're actually going to be very much entertained and just in case this is your first foray into this experience i'm not going to be one to bore you with statistical talk i'm pretty sure xavier won't either but there's a story we're trying to tell you here, and we hope that you stick around for most of it. And when the next episode comes out, I won't do this long preamble, and we'll just get right to the point. So, this past week, as far as sports and culture have gone, there were two very crucial things that happened. One of them involves two amateur slash professional teams, which we'll get to later. The other involves a very, very controversial figure. Oh, man. Yes. I know where this is going. Yes. (laughs) And the sad part about it is I swore that with my schedule, I was going to sit and watch the surviving R. Kelly documentary. Mm -hmm. And to be perfectly honest, I did not get around to it. But I'm also kind of glad of that because I'm somebody who, when it comes to really high-powered media that can get really emotional... If I know I'm going to feel either sad or angry, I try my best to avoid it because it's going it's going to mess up most of my day. 
So my reaction to surviving R. Kelly was based on really the recollection of a lot of the people who were a part of it. Definitely the reaction of John Legend, who was the only really primary, you could say, artist that was involved. And really just overall reaction to the fact that after this has been talked about for years, now is when it finally starts to see some some headway thanks to what Dream Hampton has done. Uh, yeah, this is, you know, it's crazy because I'm, I'm 27 now. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't remember when exactly the video came out, the whole so underage girl incident. Fr- from, from the timelines I've seen, there have been separate cases in 1998, mm-hmm. 2002, 2006, mm-hmm. and even one as recently as 2016. I can pull up the official timeline, but... The, the, the point I, I, is, I, I, it's, it's definitely not just one incident. So, yeah. Uh, I think we all know, you know, when you talk Dave Chappelle and then you talk R. Kelly, <laughs> oh, we automatically, <laughs> you automatically know what I'm talking about. I don't have to go into that. Uh, but I think even then, being that young and knowing, like, what was going on, you could kind of see already that, uh yeah, that probably wasn't the best person to have around kids. Although, I will say, I'm not going to sit here and lie. I did. I, you know, I I enjoyed R. Kelly music. Same. Like, I'm not I'm not going to sit here and that, like, that, I you know, I instantly shunned him. I, I listened to Same Girl. I listened to uh, Ignition Remix. I listened to all type. I mean, we all do now. Like, even at Black Family Cookouts, like, it's not really a cookout unless you hear... Step in the name of love. Step in the name of love. Like, that's the one. And as a first-generation American, that's the one R. Kelly song that I would say mostly everybody knows because at every party. I believe I can fly only if you watched Space Jam. Mm. That was a good one. Sadly, it was. I can't believe it. I can't believe I forgot about that. But it's just like, it. And it it's crazy now. And I guess we're in the Me Too movement, so it kind of... Uh, there's kind of a space for it now mm-hmm. as where there hadn't been before. So now everybody is jumping. I'm, I won't say jumping on this bandwagon because all the feelings are valid, but I think now is the time that everybody is jumping out to say, to finally say something like step in the name of love. I believe I can fly. There was no problem with R Kelly then. Or wait, do you disagree? I do kind of disagree. I'm talking public opinion, not not morally. Like morally, yes, there was something wrong. But public opinion. Public opinion, I think it was buried. Right. Because when you make genius, we've seen it all over time. If you make genius art, people will excuse nearly anything. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. Like, and the crazy thing about all of the love songs that he wrote all the sex songs that he wrote. Yeah. And it's creepy even to recollect. They were about underage girls. Oh, okay. Do you, are you making like, I'm not trying to make an an unnecessary inference. Mm -hmm. All I'm saying is that he married a, what is, what was she? 15 year old, 15, a 15 year old Aaliyah back in the nineties. Yeah. When, when a woman's fed up came out. Wow. When, when bumping bump, bump and grind bump and was like grind. his thing. Like when you when you put it in that context, it's kind of sickening. It does make you think. I hadn't even thought about that until this point right now. Because the crazy thing about art is that when 
you you can never separate art from the artist no matter what kind of argument people try to spit it's like oh well he's a musical genius let's be honest he is but guess what you take your direct experiences and put it into your art unless you're around some really good songwriters and r kelly was known as a singer songwriter really good songwriter so you can't have it both ways either he's sick or he's not and the evidence against him being sick is, is yeah, he's sick. It's there. It's it's just it's just cra- like it snowballed so fast, really? so fast. Like yeah, we it had been out there forever, but like it the way it has snowballed so fast, it's crazy. It's almost Bill Cosby esque. Oof, right? That- like the amount, like the the amount of people that have just come forward. And also have taken a stand against it this quickly. I hadn't seen that since the allegations against Bill Cosby came out. And the crazy thing about similarity of both of those cases, number one is that I think people are trying to use these two celebrity figures as cause against, you know, the discrimination against black men. And we'll go, we'll get to that in a sec. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that the survivors never stopped telling their story Mm -hmm. and it was never a claim to fame for them like that was a very weird defense i would hear like oh they're just using this to get clout what victim do you do can we remember of anything huge that actually used what happened to them to get clout like serious if anything they uh stayed hitting that's that's what i've mostly seen even there's just we're talking domestic violence wise like I don't. I know a couple people personally that that were in those situations, and uh, yeah, it, more 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 often than not, they stay quiet because they may be afraid of what could happen if if things didn't go the way they were supposed or the way we think they're supposed to go. Like it's 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 easy for somebody that's not in that situation to tell you to fix it. Exactly. So, like, it's easy for me being on the outside saying, oh, he did this to you. Why didn't you just go to the police? Why didn't you just say something? It's easy for me to say that because I've never been in that situation. And I feel like uh, the people that try to validate by saying, like, you know, they're doing it for clout. They're doing it for money. Like, it's easy for you to say that. You've never been in this situation. And I feel like if you had been in this situation, you would understand where I'm coming from right now and why it's so important in this time that we really do speak up like seriously and the second part of that argument that you know the criminal justice system is unfair against black and brown folks it's true yeah but to use them as like an excuse is is wrong to me because look we know that people get away with stuff Mm -hmm. all the time But sometimes I feel like when we have these conversations around black celebrities, particularly within our community, it's very much like it's very much like, yo, protect them, because otherwise, if we let them loose, like that's it. But then when do they get held accountable? Because they haven't been. That's why they've even gotten this chance to get to this point. Right. And that that's an important part. And even myself. I find myself at times when I see like a a black celebrity uh, in the news for something wrong, I find myself taking a stand like, you know, let's 
instead of tearing them down, let's let's keep them up because they are literally our representation right now. But you need to hold everybody accountable because one day I'm trying to be in that spot. Facts. So I feel like if I don't hold you accountable, who's going to hold me accountable when I get in that position? Exactly. Like if we don't start that trend, like, yes, it's great for a black man to be on TV. It's great for a black man to be in radio. It's great for a black man to be the face of America. But if we as a black culture, black people don't hold them accountable for the things that they mess up on, the people that come after them will will be just as bad. It's kind of like generations. Like if you if you want to take it to generations, like if we don't hurt uh, and I, I'm a millennial. Right. I fall in that. If we don't hold this next generation or this this generation that's that's over us now accountable, the next generation and it's as we we already see like proof, like Tide Pods. They're wilding. Bird Box Challenges. Wilding. Like, if we don't hold this generation that's ahead of us accountable, then the next generation is going to run wild, which is what they're doing now. And that's why it's so important. And I know we're, uh, I'm shifting the topic. But, but no, we'll get I'm, back I'm, to let, it. No, let's, but get, like, let's let it get That's there. why now it's so important for my age, your age, our age ranges to start getting into politics and start getting into Congress and and getting into to those places that those positions that have been held by someone for 25, 30 years. Like it's important because if we don't start the change, the next generation is going to pick up where we should have. And by then the world is just going to be. It's, it's all over. Yeah, it's, it's just going to be. It's, you start looking up like, Jesus, when you coming, bro? <laughs> like, like right now, right now, right now. I think what makes this even more interesting, looking at the overall landscape of things, Especially since um, 2016, mm-hmm. we're not gonna go into any more detail than that because I I kept telling myself he's gonna get limited airtime and that's as much as it's gonna be. Right. Apathy for me politically because you mentioned politics. Right. I've been very apathetic lately because it's like we keep talking and no one is listening. Mm-hmm. And I was gonna be really really like upset and just like over it until I saw some of the people that were elected like. Alexandria Ocasio Cortez. Yo, she is killing it right Yo, now. Listen, she is listen. killing it. BX stand up. New York all day, every day. But it's crazy to me how all of the attacks on her don't really make any sense. Yeah. I saw the, uh, I think she released a video of her dancing. No, they found a video of her yeah, dancing. Okay, and, yeah, okay, yeah. And they were like, oh, this is your congresswoman dancing in high school and first of all she was wearing a boss university shirt secondly the video was from when she was in college thirdly it's from my favorite movie the breakfast club Facts. like if anybody's ever seen that like you would know and fourth <laughs> as an aside like let's not lie as an aside she's gorgeous <laughs> okay yeah she's beautiful like it's not you're, you're, right, you're right so i'm trying to figure out how they're hating so hard because she's smart, yep. she is within the millennial age range, and she's shown right away that she flat out doesn't care. She is everything that they did not want to happen to Congress. Bingo. There we go. Bingo. I and, think that's what it is. And that's alongside with the most women being elected, the most women of color being elected. All of a sudden, it's like, oh, this world is changing. And it's hopefully it will change for the better, but... What I'm scared of in in regard to her and even leaders like her is ironically what's sort of happening in the in the Cosby Kelly situations. And I mean that in the sense that 
she's going to be built up to be this figure because of the work mm-hmm. that she's going to do. Same thing with those other women. And then it's like the whole build up to tear down phase. And yep. that frightens me a bit because that can that can really change things and really change people and will change the country even worse. Yeah. But, you know, the moral of this story is please be accountable. Like men, men we we can do we no, not we can. We need to do so much better. Yeah. Like if you see nonsense, just call it out. Like period. We shouldn't we shouldn't have to keep having this conversation over and over again and to anybody of any other race who's listening to this listen i need you to understand that this is a very nuanced conversation and i need y'all to just give it space let it breathe because you will be able to join in this conversation if you watch college football even if you don't it's a pretty fascinating topic the fact that the same two teams have played for Three years? Three four, years. Four, four straight years. Has it years. been four straight years? It has been four straight years. Goodness. And um, I didn't watch a single minute. I did not. I was. <laughs> <laughs> you I were was, working. No, you actually, were working. You, were, you had was, the night out for once. I was in the city, and I checked out a wonderful Broadway play. See? Culture. Off-Broadway. Off-Broadway. But it's still like it's Tony Award winning play. Exactly. Culture. Yeah. It was very good. And uh, so, unfortunately, I didn't see. But when I, by the time I got back to the hotel, I was able to see the uh, trophy ceremony, and I could not believe the score. Me, could neither. Not. I mean, Alabama has had an NFL defense pretty much every single year yes. that Saban has been there. Say what you want about their offensive playmakers, although Derrick Henry is making them look. Really good right, right now. now, yeah. Really good. I mean, really good. But let's not let's not get too crazy. Of here. Like he he was not that great a couple years ago. He really wasn't. He lost weight and then he, he got back. Pretty much the form. reverse Eddie Lacy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but uh, Derrick Henry is making them look really good right now. That ninety nine yard run was was nuts. It was gorgeous. It really was. It was gorgeous. And even if you bo- even if you're boycotting the NFL, I mean, seriously, the highlight was everywhere. But uh, back back to back to the topic. Yeah. I was so unnerved at the fact that it it wasn't interesting to me anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, yes, these are the two best teams in football, but in college football that is, but let's yeah. look at a couple of the particulars. For starters, Thankfully, it's nice. We were both on the UCF bandwagon because they got they they got they got shafted for the second straight. Year. UCF, the only true national champions last year. Last Super year. facts. Last, last year. year. Last year. <laughs> Meanwhile, this year their backup quarterback dragged them within a possession of an SEC team. But they don't belong here, right? That's fair. They don't belong here, it's right? Cr- if their starting quarterback was in, it probably is a whole different game. If that's I I think about that, and you know, I guess. Football is for a moment. I get it. But if I truly believe if UCF had their starting quarterback down there, they would have won that game against LSU. And they were having a totally different conversation. Uh, like I, I posted with you, I said before uh, one day, like this is their only chance r- for right now to prove that they actually belong in the conversation. They didn't capitalize. But they did open some eyes. Exactly. They did open some eyes. Like, can you believe, like, some of the throws that he was – 
I won't. I can't even put that on the quarterback. It's just a lack of connection, right? Because they were wide open, wide open uh, reads. Fourth, oh, there was were a, two. There were two of them. Yeah, well, the first one, fourth, the fourth quarter. I think it was third or fourth quarter. Third, first where one was it, the third was, quarter. it was just a simple fly route, and he drops the ball. It was like the second or third play at half. Oh my goodness! And they were only down by three at that. I think it was twenty-seven, twenty-four, LSU. He takes it to the crib. It's a whole different game. And they had the ball. No, because they had the ball to start the half. Oh, right. yeah. Yeah. it's just like, come on, come on, come on. The second thing that got on my nerves is that Notre Dame gets to play a soft schedule and mm-hmm. races to the chip semifinal again. Like, I can't they just be in the ACC already? The thing with Notre Dame is that I think, okay, I don't like it, but it's actually smarter for Notre Dame to remain independent. Because of course it is. They literally control how their season is uh, to a certain extent. And I think before them teaming up with the ACC, they you can make that argument that you know they don't belong. They they have a soft schedule, and they still do have a soft schedule. Yes, I mean they play all the service academies. Much love to our, <laughs> no, like much love to the military, but it's very hard to have. I read. I'm so mad I forgot the name of the book because John Feinstein is one of my favorite writers, but he wrote specifically about the Army Navy game. Yeah, particularly because one of their, I think Chris Spatola, he was on the Army football team and he's on air for CBS Sports right now. Okay, and it just detailed what the day for them is like up at the crack of dawn doing drills going to class and they still play football yeah that's remarkably well yeah not, not, let's not even say remarkably they, they, play, they well. play well yeah they play they, very well yeah so notre dame gets to play three of those schools while all they get to do is breathe football and go to class sometimes and that's more of a knock on the system than it is on those student athletes. But we'll be here forever talking about that. Anyway, <laughs> so someone just banged on the door. We we are at yeah, I have right no now, idea. And that was just a lot of noise, and yeah. I'm not editing this out either. So okay, it is what it is. Welcome, Phantom Knock. There you go. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Notre Dame. Uh, the system. I'm glad you brought up the system. How do you how do you feel? about the three and then go to go to the NFL. Do you think there should be a waiting period? Or do you think they should be able to go right out of high school? Nah, there needs to be a waiting period. Think so? Yeah. You gonna put a nineteen year old on the field with grown men? Trevor Lawrence. Oh please. Okay, he just okay. Oh we, please. We just said we just said that Alabama consistently for the last I'll say three to seven years have had NFL caliber defenses, but they're all nineteen to twenty three or twenty four years old. Yeah, but they're, they're all twenty seven. They're, they're all not first 30. round picks. Not all of them, but even so, you're gonna trot Trevor <laughs> Lawrence out there against the Baltimore Ravens. Sunshine, right now, <laughs> sunshine. He reminds me of sunshine. Oh, I heard that joke so many times, so so many times. But no, there's. It's one thing to do it in the NBA, where mm-hmm. I'm not gonna say the physicality is less of a factor, but put it like this: if a kid gets bullied in the post as a basketball player, at least they're gonna call a foul. 
If you get hit in football, it's probably clean. And even when it's not nah, clean, gonna you're still a, getting hit. They're going to call a foul. But a 19-year-old getting tackled by a 30-year-old? Come on. Equal opportunity. Equal opportunity, yes. But that 19 19- <laughs> Hey, that, that 19 year old. But look, they one, take bad hits in college. You want them to go to the NFL? One one thing about that 19 year old is he's 19. He's not 30. That means he can move a little faster. Oh, spoken like a true football player. That means he can move a little fast. I okay. So this gen, like these these players that are coming up now. That this is the reason why I bring up that 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 topic because the players that are coming up right now have so many more different ways to prepare for the game mm-hmm. than even I had in in high school. Like they have cryotherapy in high schools. That's weird. It, that's wild. But that, that's that's wild. That's, that's how that's like wild. that's how the, that's how far they've come up though. Like it's ridiculous. Now, are we talking about the big schools having cryotherapy or like podunk schools No, you're ta- obviously Texas, Florida, High schools, but still, like these are high schools. That's that's fair. These athletes are like monsters now, like literal monsters. That's fair. I still wouldn't put them up against NFL quarters corners because mm. think about it. They are still they are burning kids their age. They are advanced, but they are still kids their age. They're not burning Champ Bailey in its prime. They're not burning. Ty Law in his prime. I'm pulling back throwback names. They Everybody might, leave me though. Alone. They, they might. Let's not do this thing where we fall in <laughs> love with athletic prowess right now. We are Because but, there are kids in high school that will get whooped by Larry Bird in his prime. Hurt Larry Bird. If we were taking it to a whole other sport. But it's, it's the same concept. Let's not take today's talking. athleticism and glorify it to a point where these grown professionals won't take them to town i don't know man i don't know i i I don't i don't see it like i i I, if i have a son first of all i don't even want him playing football Mm -hmm. (laughs) but if he has like dad i want to go to the draft i'm like are you crazy you better go to school like what (laughs) i'd say one year maybe two but to make him wait three i'm i'm willing to do two I'd be more willing to do two than go straight out of high school. Because even though we see, we call them kids because they're young, but you're, they are le- they're legal adults. You're legal at 18. At 21, you can drink. Uh, it should really be 18. But whatever. Yeah. I mean, you had, uh, I think there's a rookie now. Uh, uh, what's his name? Ravens. Lamar Jackson. He's like the youngest player to start. A playoff game. Oh, that's right. So it's like the 80s. I think he's like 20 or 21. And he was carving up defenses. Today's athletes are just statistically better. They prepare better. Now, if the people back, if the athletes back then had what they have now, that that would only elevate their greatness. So I get that. I get that. Hmm. But I'm just saying, man. All I'll say is that Lamar Jackson... Lamar Jackson, he's such a fascinating character yeah. because for those of y'all who are unfamiliar with this extremely talented quarterback, as Xavier said, youngest QB to ever start a playoff game. Mm-hmm. But peep this for a second. 
He carried a team for two years. No, flat out carried. Because once he left to go pro, Bobby Petrino got fired. Yeah, Louisville. All the way down. All the way down. And GM still had the audacity Mm -hmm. to tell a Heisman winning quarterback, you know what, you'd be a great wide receiver. They told the Tebow. Now, Tebow's I'm, different. I'm throwing that out there, and we'll we'll come back to it. But Tebow deserved a chance. I'm sorry. I agree, though. Tebow deserved. I agree, a though. Two chips and a Heisman. You have to give him a chance. I agree wholeheartedly. Say what you want about his mechanics, but hey, John Elway, you picked him in the first round. It worked. And it, you're right. It, it did worked. work. Blame Urban Meyer. Blame everybody else. But I agree. He did. He did get sort of a raw deal, but apparently he's like he's in the Mets farm system out here raking. I, I would like to talk to the so-called experts that say, you know, it's not going to last. Like the mechanics are wrong. If, these are if the same. These are the same experts that said Cam Newton was a bust. These are the same. These are the same scouts that said Blaine Gabbert was a better pro quarterback. <laughs> like, like. <laughs> well, that makes me laugh. <laughs> but it's just like. And I won't pretend because I don't have you know I don't have the credentials they have I don't have the education that they have in the I'm sport. I'm eye rolling at education but, so hard. But I look at the I played the game I see the game. There's no way you're telling me that Tim Tebow didn't deserve a fair shot at being a starting NFL quarterback talk simply talk. because of the mechanics of his arm throw. I'm I don't care if he throws it sideways underneath his legs. If he does a Chad Bradford style, that'd be a little weird. <laughs> I'm saying, you know, you're 70%. That's not great. But you got the job done. Football is the ultimate team sport. Therefore, if the team is winning with whoever is plugged in to wherever, the team is winning, why mess that up? Because you're not in love with the way he throws the ball. Like, we over-sensationalize a tight spiral. It's great. It's wonderful. But Jared Goff didn't have that a year ago. Yup. But now he's all he's they did flourishing. Was, all they did was change coaches. Change the coach. And then boom. Sean McVay's a genius. He is. Jeff Fisher is not. He's not. Like the man is the man is your typical eh coach. And he had the audacity to be like, oh well, we could have done that if I was still coach. No, 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 you couldn't. That's just like. I love me some Gruden, but that's just like John Gruden. That's just like John Gruden. Yo, don't don't bring him up to me because he's gonna get me tight. I he's he's, he's gonna get me tight. He totally he finessed the whole day. He, fin- <laughs> he finessed Al from his grave. A ten year deal. He finessed the city of Oakland. The, the whole, year, well, Las Vegas. The, now, I guess. <laughs> Las Vegas about to be like, nah, Oakland, you can keep it. Even Oakland gonna be like, nah, we don't want them no more. Nah, son. Not, not, not since the A's said, nah, we gonna stay. Like, ah, we got the A's. Y'all can leave. Y'all ain't won nothing. The crazy thing about the Oakland, the Oakland Raiders, not the A's. The A's are doing pretty good right now. Yeah. But the Raiders, they put their franchise back in the hands of a man who inherited a Super Bowl winning team. And won it. I'll give him that. Yeah, he won a Super Bowl. Tampa Bay? Yeah. yeah. With Brad Johnson as the quarterback. I mean, oh, it is what it God. is. But he was in town for four months and traded your best player. Not not, not a good player. Your not, best player. Not a franchise quarterback who's not really, who's suspect at best. But your best player. Overall, 
to the Chicago Bears who just got knocked out of the playoffs. But ferocious. Like, okay. An absolute monster. That uh, the Bears defense had been suspect. But I say I would say last season I saw improvement. I said to myself last year when I saw uh Trubisky, I can I can never say his name right. Trubisky. No, you got it right. There now. we go. Yeah. When I first saw him play, I was I'm I'm a I, I root for ECU. Okay. East Carolina University. But I also like UNC. I also well un, unless they're playing. You know, we hung seventy up on UNC. I'm not <laughs> I'm not I'm not gonna go back into that, but when Mac we, Brown is coaching them again. Yeah, God, that's we, weird. But that's um weird. I saw him once I saw they drafted him out of uh, North Carolina and I saw I saw immediate flashes from him. Now I'm not saying he's Peyton Manning. True. But he's a good NFL uh, starting quarterback. And I saw that defense, and that defense year after year has gotten better and better. It never really was horrible because the Bears have always had a okay defense. Uh-huh. But when they got Khalil Mack, I I bumped them from top fifteen in the league to top five easily. Without when they doubt. before he even played a single snap, and this year just proved like I give it two years, they're going to be Super Bowl champions. Oof. That defense is going to win the Super Bowl. Best part about it is that it's on tape. So if he's wrong, you, you y'all can go back to it. But if I'm, I'm willing, right, I'm willing to believe it though. I'm dead willing to believe two, it. Two years, I'm two two years. The they came too close to 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 lose it off of a was it Cody Parkey? Cody Parkey field Poor goal. kid, man. It was tipped. <laughs> it was kid. tipped. Poor <laughs> kid, man. <laughs> like, I saw the tough. video. He got booed out of the stadium, dude. It was horrible. But none of but none of the fans in the stadium can kick. See, no, and I'm, he scored nine of the fifteen points. And and oh, I'm so glad this was a great transition because I was listening to a thirty for thirty podcast today about. Um, I've been listening to a bunch of them lately, but the one I was just listening to was the one about Hideo Nomo. The Japanese, the first Japanese pitcher mm-hmm. in Major League Baseball. He just signed not too long ago, right? Hideo Nomo. No, we're talking 19, 1995. See, they they all blur. But somebody just signed from a Japanese league, right? Yeah. Um, I forget his name, but he signed to the Mariners. See, I know baseball a little bit. See, there I'm, we go. But see, I'm glad you're here. Okay. Because watch this. <laughs> One of the things that got me tight in the car was that, you know, they were talking about Hideo Nomo making the jump from the NPB, the league in Japan to Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. And it was at the time when baseball was in the strike. And there was a clip from a fan that said, well, you know, I think it's selfish that, you know, nobody cared about the fans. I stopped the thing and went on a whole tirade to myself in the car. Yeah, okay. But I went on a whole tirade. Like, first of all, it's almost like y'all forget that athletes are human beings. Mm-hmm. It's almost like y'all forget that they have families to feed. And it's almost like y'all forget that if you get mad when you don't get a raise of a couple thousand dollars, imagine what millions looks like. Granted, even one million is life-changing money yeah. for most of us. Yeah. So how much more that extra five million, that extra seven million, or whatever the number was, if you go to work, get guess what, professional athletes professional entertainers all that stuff that's still work yes talent or no talent it's still work i got you i'm glad you went there because like they be i'm not gonna say that word but thank you me off but they be bugging 
Like, like no. Like, e- even this little conversation that's going real great so far, yeah. this whole thing took work. He yeah. finished work. I finished work. Yeah. We set up the equipment. Sitting here and talking about our experiences is literally years and years and years of, of work and of doing work. this properly. Huh. That's a good way to look at it. Like, come on. And yet, y'all want to get mad because they want to get paid fairly. Not everyone can be Manny Machado. Not everybody can be Bryce Harper. But mm-hmm. just this is one where you stay in your lane, which is where whew, perfect, perfect segue. So we talked before. You said you didn't really know baseball like that, whatever, whatever. Right. Yeah. So peep this. Two of the best stars in the league. I'm going to give you I'm going to give you rundowns. They're both about 25, 26 years old. Mm-hmm. Both have one's won an MVP. Another's won a bunch of gold gloves. Literally, if not the best players at their positions, top five in the league. And people are complaining because they want 10 year deals worth more than three hundred million dollars. Because the 10-year deal, by then, they're 35, and baseball is one game mm. where you could age kind of gracefully. That's true. So, that means that their age 35 season, they could still be extremely productive. That's fair. But people are totally livid. How? Di- and you know what I think it is? I'll tell you, because there was talk about this free agent class for years about how they were going to demand nearly half a billion dollars in, in contract revenue. Mm-hmm. What I think is happening now, since over the past couple of years, the signings have gone down more and more from ownership who don't want to re- really spend the money, which again is their prerogative, but the talent's going to get mad, and then you have to deal with that. Yeah. I think that they're mad that this generation has the audacity to think that they're that worth that much money. <laughs> and that mentality sort of seeps down to the fans, because the fans... The fans never sign with the workers. Like that isn't that That's so true. weird? In every lockout period, the mm. fans have always sided with ownership. When the NFL locked out, mm-hmm. the players need to suck it up. When the NBA locked out, the players need to suck it up. I already told you what happened when baseball went on strike in nineteen ninety four. Yeah. It's like it blows my mind. Like y'all don't understand what's really happening. And it's crazy because we're all, I mean, for the most part, you have a few rich uh, Americans that are that are fans of any sport. But for the most part, we all work. All of us. That's crazy, right? All so, of us. So if we put ourselves in those situations, and, you know, the most, I hate, this is the, the one thing I hate to see on any type of comment feed, news feed, if I'm talking to people, you know, you get played mil- or you get paid millions of dollars to play a game. Like, no, I get paid millions of dollars to put my body on the line, to sacrifice family time, mm-hmm. to sacrifice, to sacrifice what I, what I maybe wanted to do just really quickly. I want to be a fireman growing up. That's wow. what, that's what I wanted to do. I want to, not fight fires because I didn't realize how uh, rarely fires actually happened. Oh, wow. So, <laughs> wow. So, so that's what I wanted to do. Now I, I'm I'm doing the whole uh, Disney thing and you know I'm living my life. I want to go in a different direction. But if I wanted to be a firefighter, I couldn't go, go do it right now. So exactly. I I feel like people think from where they want where they want it to be. Like 
you're getting paid millions of dollars to play a game. That's because you would probably do it for free because that might have been what you wanted to do. I find a lot of things on mm. like news feeds, a lot of people that have played the game when they were in high school or played it like a junior college, and now they just go ham. Like, you know, you don't deserve to get this. You don't deserve to get that. Who are They're you telling better me at it than you. Exactly. Get over it, bro. <laughs> like, I'm sorry. But if somebody, if if I know my worth, and I know that I can get this amount of money to play a position or to do to play a sport that I know I'm good at. Why would I not try to fight for that? Every single penny. Every, Thank you. The and, and, and the same supposed working class is trying to get their tax refund, which may come late because the government shut down. Don't listen to the White House. Sorry, over po- political take, but we go on. And some of the people that voted for the guy that's shutting it down. And, and, and enough, of, enough political talk. Back, 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 still. Back, back. I know, I know, I know. We're back to the, back to the topic. But you then fix your face to tell me that a professional athlete shouldn't be scrapping for every dollar. Because guess what? In, in the regular working force, you earn new skills. Okay? You can extend your career as long as possible so long as you don't make really dumb decisions mm-hmm. when you're a professional athlete you have a maybe 10 year window that's if you're lucky three to seven if you're uh three to five if you're nfl i think i thought it was like well, yeah actually that's it's about three three, 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 to, three five. to five and they're not even guaranteed contracts no, which is another thing that's crazy Ugh. So much for that lockout doing any good, but we're <laughs> talking about baseball anyway. Right, right. Even right. even though those contracts are guaranteed, yeah. it's the same principle. Yeah. I feel like people are like, oh, baseball's boring. They don't do any work. You're on the road for 162 days yeah. minimum. You're not counting travel days. You're not counting the supposed All Star break, which they say is three days, but it's really like one between all the travel. Right. And if you make the All Star game, there's no such thing as a break. A lot of these guys have families. Yeah. A lot of these guys have multiple residences because it's either that or you live out of a hotel where it's going to be really expensive anyway. Yeah. Like, it's not to really say, oh, boo-hoo, cry for them, but it's to just put you in their shoes for a bit. It's a different level. It's a literal different level. Like, I understand to know that I'm not Bryce Harper. So I, so I don't have as much expenses as he might have. I don't have as much need to 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 get those expensive performance enhancing not drugs. Performance enhancing. That was so bad. I'm so like not baseball, not baseball. Okay, but like I don't need to have you know uh, a chef to cook healthy meals for me when I'm out on the road, like. And the the things that they do spend the money on, which is none of our business to count their pockets in the first place, Word. but it only further helps them play more years for you, the fan. Everything they do is for you, so why not reward them with a 10-year? Exactly. Wouldn't you want him to stay with your team for 10 years? If you worked at a job for 10 years, wouldn't you want pay raises in those 10 years? Bingo. He's saying, forget that. Just give me my money now, and then we restructure. Who's to say three years down the line he won't restructure so you guys can pick up another superstar and maybe go out and win a pennant? Because guess what? All of these contracts are built with team options, opt-outs, whatever. So People it, don't care about the truth when the lie is more entertaining. You need to like trademark that now. No, it's not mine, but I heard it, and I'm just going <laughs> to... 
<laughs> but it's true though. Like people don't care about the fact that there are different things in a contract. All they see is ten year, three hundred million. And let's talk about that maintenance for a second because I feel like people think that professional athletes just eat McDonald's every day huh. and they just like hit 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 the gym or, or or hit the field or whatever. They pay for specially structured meals because if they don't eat that certain meal, mm-hmm. something can actually go wrong. And for those of you, and for those of you armchair nutritionists who want to try to correct me, you're probably your stomach is probably turning right now because of something you ate. I need you to chill. And here's one thing that will always baffle me: there are three staple fears for the general Western public civilization, what have you. There's death. Mm-hmm. For some, there's taxes. And it's public speaking. Yeah. Yeah. So imagine playing the supposed game that is such a privilege in front of 40,000 people every single night. And if you strike out, the whole world's going to talk about it. If you hit a home run, the whole world will still talk about it, which means nobody leaves you alone. Which that's means true. you deal with the extra pressure. And, and that's just if you're in a semi-major city. That's if you're a minor league player. Yeah. Can you imagine playing in New York? Or dude, Boston? Don't get me started. That, Even Washington? Dude. LA LA may seem like they only care about college football, but they have they have Mike Trout, now LeBron James. Nobody cares about college football anymore. I'll, <laughs> I'll, I'll say it if they won't. Hey, I mean, they have Cliff, the Rams Cliff, too. Oh, so even even then, people yeah. people care. People don't even care about the charges. But all, yeah. all all of that to say, pressure is on everywhere. If you mm-hmm. think you can handle it for one throw, sure. For maybe that oh that one opportunity to show I can do it. Yeah, I right, fine. I dare you to do it for a week. Yeah, and see if you don't end up asking for your your time in in hard earned cash. The amount of prep it takes. In a week, just to get ready. And baseball has, like, what, two, three games a week, usually? Two, three games a week. That's two, three games a series. So we're talking about right. close to four to five games a week. Yeah, because sometimes they have the back-to-back. Sometimes they play two games a in one day. A lot of times they have back-to-back. Their their series are usually three games long. Mm-hmm. They'll get a day off either for rest or for travel, and they do another three-game series. Yeah, so I don't get it, man. Like, <laughs> Why like why is this even an issue? Like they first of all, it's a privately owned company. Oh boy. It's a privately owned business. So you again, this goes back to count people's pockets. I can't equate what they get paid to what I get paid for the amount of work that I do. Like I get paid for what I do day to day for this job that I do. Mm-hmm. It's not a professional athlete. My bosses well, they probably do have the money, but <laughs> that's not what that's not what my deal is structured around. Like people, people don't understand that they have. Again, this goes back to the bills. They uh-huh. have bills that we'll never have. So my your rent is not DeAndre Hopkins rent. Nope. Now, albeit he goes out and he buys that mansion, but still he can do it. He can do that. <laughs> And, and you shouldn't make anybody feel bad because they do. You shouldn't. If somebody won a million dollars right now, you're going to tell yourself not to buy whatever you want? First off, I'm paying all of my bills. Then I'm saving some of it. Then I'm buying whatever but how I many want. But how many people would do that? 
I can I can probably count on one hand. Exactly. Everybody will floss heavy. Exactly. Like heavy. I know I don't want to be in debt. I want to pay off my bills. I don't want to work. But how many people will honestly do that if they were in those situations? Mm. Exactly. Mm. People are fickle, man. You can't please, you can't please anybody, including New York fans. Oh, I'm so glad you said that because oh. we went to the Islanders game, dude. Last night. Oh my oh, goodness! That, and you're as a Carolina boy, the Islanders mm-hmm. played the Hurricanes. We sat next to each other. I'm not really an Islanders fan, but I'm from Long Island, and I feel away since they took the Coliseum from us. So, if I can, I will still Rangers for life. So whatever. But man, they are they are fickle and i'm gonna get hated and i get it but guess what i'm from north carolina so i'm a carolina hurricanes fan anyway but like the islanders fans by by the way they are passionate like you'll you'll go from hearing a fan cuss out the team (laughs) to (laughs) to to them you know doing the yes chant uh you know i think i got a little bit of beer spilled on me oh no i didn't know that yeah like Whenever they score, you know, you stand up, and I get it. Uh, somebody actually yelled at my friend because he wasn't standing up. This is when we had went out. Oh, yeah, that's go get right. Get food, yeah. yeah, he was like, I don't root for either team. I'm just here to enjoy the game. <laughs> but that's how diehard, and I love that they're diehard like that. I feel like, and I'm, I'm from North Carolina, but I'm a Jets fan. So see? I feel like I went to see the Jets uh, in August during a preseason game. They played what the, the Redskins. And, uh, you know, my voice was hoarse. By the end of that game, we lost that game, of course. Like, we lose every other game. but that's And they hired Adam Gase. Oh, my goodness. Uh, we're going to go there? No, we're not. Okay. That was just an aside. Okay. Please continue. Please. Okay. All right. But anyway, it's just it's amazing because the game was 2-2. The game was 2-2. And the Hurricanes scored. And you start to see people file out. Maybe two minutes left in the game. And, you know, you start to see people file out. Then we score... Another one. another goal. Yeah. It becomes four two, and then you just see a rush of people get up out of the seats and start heading for the exit. And twenty seconds later, the Islanders score a goal, and literally, the stadium or the arena comes unglued. I had never heard something so loud by a small amount of people because people started leaving by then. And for the rest, I don't know. It was like maybe a minute left. All you saw was just. A sea of blue jerseys, blue shirts, just standing. Like, and that's what I love about sports. Snap of a finger that quickly can change a season. Cody Parker, Parky, change a season, change a game. Dude, I, I I love it. I love it. But you're still fickle. You you fans are still fickle. <laughs> And for the record, my staple rule has always been this: if there is still time left on the clock, if Don't there leave. are still outs left in the game. You bought, you already paid for it. You ain't gonna save money by leaving early. You might as well stay. And that's exactly what I said. To, that's exactly what I said to Xavier. I'm like, where y'all going? They're like literally two minutes. Left. Yeah, so that's a lot of time now. Like, that's a lot of. Yes, I am actually a hockey fan. I'm not like a hockey savant, but I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. So I know that a goal can be scored in ten seconds. I've done it on NHL 18. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, a lot can happen. Miracle in the Meadowlands. A lot can happen. Yes. One and two. Ooh, you were there for the second one? No. I heard about it. I mean, how could you not have heard about it? 
Is Deshaun Jackson? <laughs> Doing the little. Oh, the that was yeah. the. <laughs> oh, we're we're gonna get in so much trouble. I'm gonna have Giants fans cuss me out for this, but it's it's okay. But, I'm only here for the week. I'm sorry, but well, <laughs> you know they're gonna find me. Um, but I will say that the part of what makes this whole experience so incredible is that it takes a lot of ingenuity to mm-hmm. do these things. You know, say what you want about rote memorization, rote muscle memory. That is, say what you want about oh, they've been doing this for a long time. The whole time it takes a lot of work. It takes creative thinking to not make the same thing old over and over that and in themselves them doing it a long time is a testament to dedication exactly to your craft so yeah they they've done it for a long time like hey that's an accomplishment in itself people's attention spans are so short nowadays Extremely. to have somebody dedicated enough to do the same work regimen to do the same thing over and over and over again to further perfect themselves in whatever they're doing that's a testament to what kind of athlete person character that that's just a testament to who they are as as those things so speaking of short attention spans in case you if you stuck with us this whole time you're great and you probably have nothing better else to do but you've been entertained so you have no reason to complain so mr whittington has a great creative background He's grimacing as I say this because I'm singing his praises, but it's it's all good. And part of the, the why I I love the chance I get to do this is because there are certain times when things come full circle, and this is one of those times because as we were in the car leaving from the game, started to play a song. I'm like, wait a second, I know this song. <laughs> How do you know this song? And it turns out that Lauren. Former guest on season one of In My Bag, who also did a live, well, a record, a live recorded performance, has also got the title theme song to the project that Xavier's gonna tell us about now. Yeah, man, it's uh, it, I tell you, what, it's been a long time coming. Lauren is amazingly gifted, Ugh. like amazingly gifted. I tell you, I told you the story, and I'll tell briefly here um but uh, my my show i'm doing my first uh scripted drama that i've been working on since i started writing it in 2015 wow 2015 i started writing it uh during a dark period in my life where i did not know what i wanted to do i knew i wanted to act but there there's i have always been these stories in my head and a lot of times you think yourself you think you're crazy like you know you have these people talking and you're like are you going crazy when and then when you start to write it down it's like whoa wait these are stories these are stories that can be told and then you write it down and you write it down and you start looking at it and you're like these are actually okay stories (laughs) that could be told (laughs) okay let's uh let's see where this goes and that's that's where uh the show came from and lauren having the title the title track is first world problems that's the name of the show and it's about a, a young kid that got a lot too fast. But oh. yeah, but he doesn't he doesn't understand that his problems are so minuscule to what actually goes on in other people's lives. That's why it's first world problems. I know you've heard, you know, 
heard of that uh you know that uh, phrase mm-hmm. it's a little too hot in here oh, first world problems some people are sleeping on the streets so i decided to take that moniker and just change it into something that shows really the journey of a, a young dude that's just trying to make his way in the world now how do you take that sort of that that sort of creed mm-hmm. and make it so that it's not like wrote every single episode like what I know the, the the pilot is done from mm-hmm. from what you've told me. Pilot is finished. So as you go on in this process to complete this season, how are you going to keep that same storyline fresh? Well, so it started off, and I'll tell you the the first 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 name of it was called Finding Me, and through various rewrites, it became This is the Life of, you know, Who Cares and all this other stuff, and finally First World Problems, but. The story that's being told, I'm telling it in a way to where each each individual episode is a story of itself. Mm. Um, so along the way, you'll find you'll find out you know just what goes on with these different characters. Uh, you'll see revelations that you kind of guess will come, and then some that will totally knock you over the head and I'm what I what I'm so grateful of is that I've been able to go back and rewrite even just as you know we're about to start filming uh, episode two uh, next month. Wow! And I've been able to go back just as as late as last month and do another rewrite. And I thought I was done. I'm done now. It's <laughs> like I'm done now. So thank God. You know, I'm going to definitely let the cast listen to this, but I'm done now. So don't worry about <laughs> you won't get another script. But like you're, I'm always able to go back and find new ways to have these characters interact with each other. And that's one thing I've been priding myself on. I really I'm really shy when it comes to talking about my work mm-hmm. because I care so deeply for it. And I'm one of those people that if I look at it and I look at it and I, I just don't like it, I would rather scrap the whole idea. And start over right. to put out something that I cannot stand behind. I feel so deeply, I care so deeply for the art and for people that have come before me that I would be a disservice to them and disrespectful to them if I did not take my time and put my whole entire soul into what I was doing. So I, I love that I'm able to go back and find new ways for these characters to interact with each other, find new ways to expand the story. It's it's awesome, dude. This first season, it's awesome. So when we look at like how production has been for you, mm-hmm. for people who are used to seeing networks roll out seasons and go weekly episodes because they've got a budget and they've got a bunch of different things covered, how have you been able because you travel for work? That's hard. How have <laughs> you been how have you been able to keep your head above water one and two still keep that creative train going? Uh it is hard. It is so difficult. I've been this is I've been touring since 2016. Uh so this is my fourth different show um 30 year touring altogether. And uh it is very difficult to write in a hotel room for one mm. and then work a 18 hour day, have shows and then come back to the hotel room and try to convince yourself to write. I go through writer's block just like anybody else. Mm-hmm. But 2015, I started writing this and 2016, I, I wanted it to come out the next year. 
I was still naive to how the business worked. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that that wasn't working like that. But it has been a difficult road. But I feel like no matter how far I go in the industry, you know, my ultimate goal is to open up a school for kids to come learn theater arts for free. That's beautiful. That's my ultimate goal. That's beautiful. Like, you know, I want the awards. I want to have my own company, which I have now. But I want to be able to open a open a school for kids. But I was I was going through such a rough time because it wasn't happening fast. It wasn't happening how I wanted it. And when I got to tour, I just thought, oh, this is going to be great. I'll still be. No, no, no. Because now you're tired. Now you're changing cities every week. Now you don't know when you're going to be able to be home. Mm -hmm. And everything is back home. My home base is back home. And this this last summer, 2007 or 2018, goodness gracious. 2018, this last last summer I got home from tour for my two-month break. And I literally forced myself to look myself in the mirror and said, you are getting this done. Like, you can't wait any longer. So the... There were times where I'm eating uh, ramen noodles <laughs> at night. Still eating ramen noodles sometimes. <laughs> Not going to lie about that. But uh, I've I've been blessed to have a team back home that has has literally taken. I have not I have not been there to shoot a single shot of that pilot episode. Uh, I hired a director who I worked with in the past, uh, Sharif. I was actually in one of his films wow. uh, in 2016, and we built a great connection. And he has literally, I put this in the hands of him and uh, his his girlfriend, who doubles as his uh, agent, and she also she's also in the show. Wow! I put that in the hands of him, and I trusted him. And he is literally, from what I've seen so far, he has literally put my words out into the I'd say galaxy <laughs> like I, that's how far I believe this will go and it's such an awesome feeling like it's it's difficult it really is but you have to seriously you have to I didn't I didn't put things in motion so I told myself that I have to get this done and that I think that's the most important thing for anybody that's even wanting to do something like this it's you're not going to have a lot of money starting out you're not you're not going to get the budgets that you think you're going to get. You're not going to get people to invest like you think. And maybe you will. I'm not trying to discredit uh, anybody that wants to go that route. But you have to get it done. As long as the content is great, that's all that matters. And I'm, I'm blessed that uh, Sharif knows what he's doing. And it looks great. And it looks awesome. Even though you had a little critique the other night. <laughs> It was just the way you've spoken highly of him now. I probably don't even know what I'm talking about. So it really doesn't matter. A true, a true layman at best. But I'm, I'm really excited to see this episode. For the record, I have not seen a single minute of this episode, right. and I take people who come on here. I take it very, very seriously. Who I reach out to and all things that nature. But it speaks to the type of work this, this young, this. We're the same age. But this, <laughs> the same type of work that this man has done has really been incredible. He's been a, he's been lifting me up at times where I just stared in the mirror like, yo, this is like I, I need to just go get a regular job and just forget the rest of this. And I have a regular job now. So you telling me. But, <laughs> but man, it was just like it's like, man, you gotta keep going. I was like, you got like like it, it's that or it's it's that or you're gonna be stuck. The one thing I do not want to do in this life. 
God forbid, this may be it. Mm-hmm. This this dead may be it. But if I didn't at least swing for the fences once, I wasted the chance that God gave me. I wasted I wasted everything. I was in I was in Toledo, Ohio, and like we were the same age. I'm 27. I haven't been out of the house long, but I've been out long enough for mom to miss me. So, uh, you know, so uh, we're talking and I I was telling her when my touring career is over and I was thinking, like, I really want to take this seriously. I want to move my business to Atlanta or to L.A. She's like, are you sure? Like, you you really want to do this? I'm like, look, I get it. I'm your baby boy. But the way I feel so strongly about what I'm doing here and the work and the potential that it has, that if I do not take this chance. And I, I look up years from now and, you know, you can always do it, but your best days, sometimes they come, they go behind you. So if, if I look up and I have not made the impact that I wanted to make, not because I didn't try, but because I failed to try, then I will consider my life a failure. You have I, right now I'm swinging for the fences, dude. Like, I don't care. I didn't I didn't care how many bills came. I didn't care how many times I had to eat noodles, oodles and noodles, how many times I drank water instead of soda, which I need to anyway, because I'm kind of on the heavy side. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, I, I didn't care. Like, I was getting this done. This pilot was being shot. These episodes will be shot because if you don't believe if you don't invest in yourself, nobody else will. If I dude, I cried myself to sleep in hotel rooms while on tour and nobody knew. Because I was so, I was yearning so much for this to be done. And I felt so strongly about this project. It, you got to go for your dreams. If you don't, what are you, what are you here for? You're just existing. You're not living. You're going to fall. You're going to mess up. You're going to be broke. But if you don't follow your dreams, you will always have a what if. And I'd rather have a. I'd rather have a failed experience than a what if any day of the week. Cause at least I know I put myself out there like right now, dude, I'm from Rocky mountain. Shout out to Rocky mountain, North Carolina, but I'm from Rocky mountain, North Carolina. And I'm sitting here touring the world, the country. It's ridiculous. I never thought I'd be here, but I always knew I'd try to be. That's real. So give us a bit of a of a, of a, the best you can. Give us a good calendar type rollout of how first world problems will be viewed to the world. Okay, so we are currently working on YouTube. That's where we're going to go with it. YouTube, Facebook. Okay. Uh, we already have a page set up. Um, I've been working and I'm about to start working uh, with a young lady out of Raleigh, North Carolina, who's kind of like a consultant. Mm-hmm. And she's going to help me uh, figure out demographics and, and things like that because I'm not apt in that situation. I'm more of a creative. And I don't mind. That's another thing about me. I don't mind getting somebody else yes. that knows what they're doing. Yes. Like, I don't like people that's like, oh, I'll do it all by myself. Like, no, 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 no. I know you this person is, is good in that. So I'm going to let them do it. And we're going to flourish like that. Exactly. I'm not going to. Just because I want everything done by myself. I don't want to be the writer, director, actor. No, I want I want to write. I'll let somebody else direct. I'll let somebody else do this. I'll let somebody else do that. Not only because they're better at it, but because that's how you build relationships. Exactly. Look at Adam Sandler, dude. He has like eight people. 
eight actors that he consistently works with almost every movie that he does. And it's because they all believe in each other. So I'm thinking YouTube right now, Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm actually going to have a premiere party uh, where Lauren is going to perform along with uh, another young lady, Rachel Bailey, who's uh, adding music to the show. All right. And we're looking at June for, for that to happen. All right. June of this year. Um, we plan on releasing the pilot in an episode two together. And it's just gonna be an awesome time, dude. I think I think it I think this has the potential to really catch on to people. We give you everything that you're gonna want. We're gonna give you the drama, we're gonna give you the laughs. Um you may cry a little bit, but Ooh. mostly you're gonna be you're gonna be mad at, at Josh. That's the lead character. Good. So yeah, you're gonna be everybody loves somebody to hate. <laughs> so you're gonna really uh, it's like you're gonna want him to get his stuff together, but at the same time you're gonna love to hate him, and it's just gonna be it's it's gonna be awesome. I'm so excited. One for of it. those. All right. Yeah. Any ideas of how long you think this season is going to be, or what's um, on the docket? So currently, right now, I have seven episodes written. Wow. Written. It's really good. And uh, I've actually began. I've I got a writing team now. That's crazy. Okay, so I gotta ask you this. How, when when funds are not always in the equation mm-hmm. for all the young creators out here, you sh- you should pull out a pad and paper because you're talking. You're gonna be hearing from somebody who knows how to do it. Yeah. When the budget's not what you want it to be or what you wish it was, how do you still manage to get things done at a high quality level? Invest. I I want people to invest in themselves, like I invest in myself. So. Everybody, okay, so it's it's so easy because you don't know how many writers, how many actors, how many directors out there that are just looking for a chance. 2011, this is when I'm doing radio. This is when I first started acting. Uh, a lovely lady, Miss Mary Clay, she was doing a stage play. Uh, I want to say it was called Mischievous. Mm. She was doing a stage play. And I was into into radio and I was like I really want to get in, in front of the camera like I, I think I have a face for the camera you know <laughs> I, I, so I asked her like you know is there anything that I can do you know auditions are already over I, I'll do anything I'll stand I'll, I'll do I just want to be on stage she found me a role it was two roles it was it was the role of a DJ and the role of a pastor no words I just pretended off stage, that was a DJ, and then pretended on stage, that was a pastor. Two separate scenes. Okay. Uh, my name was DJ Pastor. That's that's a that's, okay. That's what my name was, <laughs> DJ Pastor. Uh, okay. But I, she saw in me that I wanted to do something so bad that I was willing to do anything to get to that. So for me, I invest like you have to invest in yourself. You can find so many people out here that want to do something and all they want is a chance. All I needed that day was a chance. And she actually sparked everything that's happened up to this point. And I, I've been blessed to be able to keep in contact with her, being more at her place. And I've let her know you are the reason why I am where I am today, because you gave me that one opportunity and you saw something in me that day. So I feel like for me, there are a lot of great writers out here that can't be heard. I'm at a point now into what I'm doing to where I can actually make things happen. And the money's, no, it's rarely there. But I've been able to find ways to compensate uh, people. Uh, just like, I mean, I've taken money 
out of my I've been taking money I, I pay so once they pay me I pay other people mm-hmm. that that's how I do it honestly and you know I can't pay you a lot but what I can say is that you will own everything that you you write Ooh. you own everything that you write and we are in a partnership that's how I do it even with Sharif like uh, we have an understanding like you you have the creative eye I trust you with it I give you full creative control only thing that I ask is that if I don't like something we have a a conversation, a conversation. and you show me why it should be this way and I give you my response and then we come together like that and I pay you what you worth I pay you what you ask as long as you work with me build relationships that's how you build relationships with people you get an understanding that I'm not there yet you're not there yet but together we can make something magical I always say to everybody that's ever done anything with me we're going to make history before you before we do a table read Let's make history. Let's remember when we're reading this. Let's remember when we're filming this. Let's remember when we're editing this, that we are here to make history. We are here to make something that nobody's ever seen before, but something that nobody will ever forget. So with my writers that I have now, I have uh, two writers now that I'm working with that are writing uh, different scenes for season two, actually, that we're working on. Um, Full creative control. I give them bullet notes. They they give me what they got. We talk about compensation. We talk about rules of engagement. And, and that's how I've been able to do it so far. Um, yeah, that's, that, that's pretty much it. Building relationships. Trying to work. Having people work with you is probably the best thing that can happen in this industry. So going alongside that. We we know that in this field that there are also very predatory people out there, yeah. and people have been burned before. It's happened to me a couple of times yeah. as well. Is there? I guess the better way to ask this is, how do you? How can you sort of discern? And for the guy or the girl or the person that's been burned, mm-hmm. how how do they get back up and get ready to try again? I've actually been blessed to never let me knock on some wood. Have, I don't have, think that's real. That's not real. real. <laughs> All right. Well, find that, you some paper. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, I you know I've I've been really blessed not to come into contact with you know I've I've had a couple things here there when I worked in radio mm-hmm. to where you know it really kind of rubbed me the wrong way. But uh, as far as this, when I when I'm looking at different writers or even actors, I look to see the desperation, and I don't mean that in a bad way. I look to like how how desperate are you to be in a position where this can be your full time job? How how much does this mean to you? Does this mean staying up all night and and recording? Uh, a good friend of mine, Demario Carr, <clears throat> he had a innovative idea of the first full mime gospel stage play. Oh wow! It's awesome. The Boombox Live. Wow. It's, he's done the Boombox Live. He's done uh, A Good Times Christmas. He's done Worth, Worth 2. These are all fully mimed stage plays. And we would spend hours, hours recording in studios, the dialogue. It's it's ridiculous. So that's what I look for. I look for consistency and I look for desperation. I want to see if you're as desperate as I am to make this work. And if you're not, if th- if this is just something you can fly by the seat of your pants, this is just something you can put off, then I don't want to work with you. 
as far as getting burned yeah like I said I haven't come in contact with it yet but I, I've known a lot of people that have been burned and that have uh, different views and opinions on different relationships and those are usually the people that are saying me 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 I want to do it myself now I'm not going to work with anybody else I would honestly say to you don't don't look at it as as getting burned look at it as it has to be a learning experience for you like now you know how not to treat somebody or now you know how to take it like you you've been there before get up brush brush off keep writing keep acting keep singing keep playing like that's all you can do get your cry out because you're gonna cry <laughs> get you get your cry out all creative people cry at one point or another don't let them lie dude to i cry i cry every so much. rapper cries sorry <laughs> <laughs> sorry to ruin it for you <laughs> your favorite rapper cries because it if it means something to you you're going to show that emotion so i hate to use the whole you know the old age everything happens for a reason but, but that's truthfully honest Every single thing in your life happens for a reason. So if something happened where you did get burned or something happened where something rubbed you the wrong way or you got treated misfairly, it happened for a reason. So take time to figure out what that reason is. Brush brush your pants off. Get back up. Get back on the bike. Start riding again. Because as long as you stay down, you're going to pacify yourself into staying in that position and you're never going to grow into the person that you could be. That's real. That's very yeah. real. That's what a fantastic conversation this was. Tell the people where to find you and everything else that you do. Oh, snap. I've always wanted to do this. Okay. So like, I've always wanted to do this. All right. So you can find me. <laughs> on, I've always wanted to do this. You can find me on Facebook, Xavier Whittington. It's literally X A V I E R. W-H-I-T-T-I-N-G-T-O-N. You can find me on Snapchat at ringmaster underscore xdig because I always want to be a ringmaster. That's Bingo. ringmaster underscore xdig. And Instagram, I, I'm up there sometimes. So I don't... Uh, well, yeah. I, I'm, most, I'm mostly either on Twitter or Instagram myself anyway. I'm never on Twitter. I can never get to it. Because nobody, nobody follows me. Like, I'm, I'm, I follow, like, all these other places <laughs> it, nobody follows me but definitely have me on facebook and snapchat because it's very fun that is a big big fact so x it's been a late night for the both of us see yeah. you're gonna get this on friday on the way to your commute and you're gonna love it or you're gonna listen to it on the way back from work and this is blood sweat and tears people yes blood sweat and tears but seriously x thank you so much for taking the time out to be here Dude, thank it, you. It's, it's been great. This has like been a dream of mine. I feel famous now that I've been on your <laughs> podcast. Like now that it's all worth it. Like stop writing, stop doing everything. It's all worth it now. I guess I gotta get a publicist, huh? Yeah. I'll be your publicist. No. Ah. Oh. I'm horrible. I need a publicist. <laughs> <laughs> I'm horrible. Part of me wishes this was video because y'all would have seen the gaping. <gasps> really look on my face. Uh, no, but seriously, any any publicist who want a partnership, yeah, you, you already know what to do. Um, as for the rest of the proceedings, again, this will be one out of two episodes every month. So I won't see you next Friday, but the Friday after that. 
can find me on the socials at the following places on twitter n underscore a-s-o-n-y-e instagram underscore sometimes jr you can't find me on facebook i mean you can but i probably won't add you um you can listen to this podcast on spotify apple Podcasts, podbean and anchor no sponsorships yet but uh we hope we pray and do things of that nature thank you for joining us for this entire episode hope you enjoyed it as much as we did have a fantastic couple of weeks see you then i love you mom oh <laughs>